Hi, this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. Uh, today I have distinguished actor, and this guy's voice is so amazing, Keith David. Uh, recently, you might have seen him on 21 Bridges, also on an episode of Blackish. He's been on The Flash, of course, Trials in the Thing, also Pitch Black and Armageddon. And right now he is starring for Dust in one of their new audio plays, Flight 008. Welcome, Mr. David. It's so good to talk to you. Thank you. I appreciate it. That voice, man. I'll tell you, God blessed you with that voice. <laughs> well, God is good every day. Thank you. I appreciate there it. There you go. There you go. This is an interesting story, and I've covered some of the Horizons stuff before. Um, I've even uh, talked to the producer, especially Kai introduces it uh, every week or every episode. This one is interesting. The plane is, it's Flight 008, and it ends up actually, the best way to describe it is going through a ripple in time. So mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about who you voice in this? Well, I narrate the story. So, oh, cool. Uh, and take you along this journey where, you know, cool. uh, by the, uh, you know, by the end, I think you, you're surprised at the outcome because, you know, one of the things that, that occurred to me when I was listening to it is what at night may seem so scenic could be cynic in the light. Wow. Mm. That, Ooh, I like that. I don't know, I, I don't know why that, uh, you know, that's, uh, that sort of hit me. As, as I was listening, because, you know, one of the things is, you know, and I don't, I, I don't really remember the main character's name. I can't think of it right now. But when they, you know, when people start getting cocky about what they think they know or how they think they're going to handle a situation, and then yeah. suddenly life, life thrusts them into another situation. Isn't it funny how all of a sudden all that bravura turns into something else? Oh yeah. <laughs> There is more sci-fi talk, so stay tuned. I think some people are living that in real life right now, too, as a matter of well, fact. Well, and, and isn't it ironic that there's a, uh, there may not be a direct, it may be sort of indirect, the parallel to, about how we have to live in that story. Yeah. How we're living now. I, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, you have to be careful about the people who you uh, encounter on the way up, because on the way down, you may see some of those same folk. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? So uh, this particular story, um, did you get a chance to hear the, it uh, with some of the other voices uh, in, you know, as well in the completed project? Um, in the completed project, once it, once, once it aired, I, you know, I, I listened, you know, once uh, I got a nice preview of it. Great it cast, great, too. But, you know, yeah, because, you know, I, you know uh, Danny Trejo and I, We've done, um, I think it was uh, Rick and Morty, I think we did together. Uh, we did That's an episode right. of Rick and Morty. I, I think we're in the same episode. But anyway, we've both done Rick and Morty. We've both I've run into Danny at, at, at those events. We did a movie together about, oh, God, 2006. Mm. I think it was. Yeah. Like that. 2006. I, I, love, uh, I love this kind of drama, audio drama, because it really allows your mind to kind of imagine things. What's your feeling on doing this type of thing? I know you've done voiceovers and, and you're a great narrator as well, and in this piece as well, but what's your feeling about this type of drama doing it, kind of like an old-fashioned theater of the mind? I love it. I mean, I listen to a lot of old-time radio, practically all. Oh, yeah. Um, I love the detective stories, Dick, you know, Dick Powell as uh, Richard Diamond and 
Dashiell Hammett stories. Um, oh yeah. But I, but, you know, uh, uh, in fact, one of my teachers, Norman Rose, was the uh, narrator for I think Dimension X. Oh wow! One of those sci-fi movies, you know, and and you know, yeah. I had always I had always heard while I was in school, and that was a while ago, but uh, about how you know Norman was famous. You know, he was he was he was a great voiceover person. In fact, he he was the voice of um, Juan Valdez. Oh wow! You're probably, too, you're probably too young to remember. This, this oh no, I'm not. <laughs> you know the taste of Colombian coffee, Juan Valdez. That's right. Well, he was the voice. That's he was Juan Valdez. He was also like the voice of CBS the announcer. He, uh, yeah. Uh, I remember him coming in talking about. Um, he was the he was the voice of Chevrolet Chevette. Wow. Yeah, boy, that's bring back brings back memories. I'll tell you. Oh yeah, in those days, you know, great actors were always on the radio. You know, you had William Conrad. Um, oh yeah. Uh, John Daner. Mm. Just, just you know, just uh, really, really, really wonderful actors. And um, oh yeah. So I mean, I mean, it, it's 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 a, it's a it's a great thing to do, and it and it's a. You know what? 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 You know what? What fascinates me continues to fascinate me is because when you don't have the visual, you know, because you know nowadays with special effects and all that stuff, you can certainly get carried away with the with the with, with the visual. You know, the visual can take you places and you forget how bad the story is, or yeah. and some people some people don't care. But when mm-hmm. you only have when you only have the story and the voice. And then it's you, and it's your you're left up to your own imagination. Then the actors' voices have to create those circumstances and paint those pictures, and it's fascinating when you have really good storytellers. Then you you really don't miss the visual because you see it because they've made you feel it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, hopefully that's what we that's what we do in the podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get you, you you get to feel the party. You get to feel the, the the lonely room. You know you get to you get to see all those things. You know, you know you get to feel them through your auditory sense. Yeah, I'll tell you, especially in the hands of someone like you that not only has the voice but the acting training and experience to really make those stories come to life. And and as a listener, you can totally get lost in that. So. I know you've done a bang up job on this. I just, you know, hearing your work in the past, I know it's going to be awesome. Well, I appreciate that. You know, what's other, what's also different now is before you used to kind of, especially going way back, used to kind of huddle around the radio and listen to it. But now you can bring it in all sorts of devices, even your phone and listen to it. So uh, the possibilities are endless. Uh, to uh, to be able to to access this material that wasn't there, like even twenty thirty years ago, it's really amazing how things have changed. Yeah, it is. I can ask you a question about the thing, and it's uh, it's high, kind of a hypothetical question. At the mm-hmm. very end, of course, you and McCready, Childs and McCready, are there. Now, in your mind, was Childs the thing, one of the things, or was he Childs? Uh, it wasn't me. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> well, that's I mean, and that's that's what I that that's what I contend. You know, it was thirty, it was almost thirty-five years ago. So, I yeah, mean, wow, yeah. I I I, I, I seem to remember 
that we shot it like both ways as if as if it was me and if it wasn't me, you know. Um, ah. um and I and I don't remember exactly what he settled on, but you know, it's so if you think so. That's that's the bottom line. Okay. You know, yeah. I mean cool. It is it is who you think it is. Mm-hmm. All right, I love it. Yeah, you've been in some other great sci-fi movies I mentioned earlier too. Is this a, a genre you like working in? I love it. So this was an easy sell for you to do this particular project for Flight Zero Zero Eight. I had no problem whatsoever. <laughs> That's great. You know, you produced um, a documentary on uh, and and actually narrated it on on our on one of my favorite Universal monsters, uh, the Gill Man or the creature from the Black oh, Lagoon. Oh wow! I'm glad. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I love that. That that was that was fun. It was years ago. I mean, I grew up watching those movies, and uh, they got kind of as they went on. But the first few were really good. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he was he was great, of course. The great Rico Browning did all the underwater stuff, and then there were another actor did him on land. But uh, yeah, those were cool movies, and got all of that. The Amazon was actually in the in the good old uh, Universal Studios, but in their tank there. But great stuff. You know, he they've tried to remake it. I think even John Carpenter wanted to remake it, but you know, this one just still endures. And you know, I love the uh, what's the actress who played it? She was very popular in the sixties. Yes, uh, Miss Julia Andrews, I think was her name. Was that her name? Something like that. Yeah, she was very very big, and uh, she's she was great. And uh, yeah, the other. The other actors that we saw in a lot of those films were in it too, and uh, yeah, it was a that was a fun, fun movie. So, what was it like to produce something like that? Yeah, I, I mean, I certainly was not alone. So, you know, I had a lot of <laughs> you know a lot of really good help, and a lot of you know the you know the uh, my other partners, collaborators, they worked very hard to get it done. So, my part was relatively easy. You know, sitting in the studio and then just trying to put the word out but uh mm -hmm. it uh, it was a it was a really good experience all right why don't we take a short break we're talking to the great keith david and we'll be right back back on sci-fi talk with keith david i i gotta ask you your opinion about uh, chadwick bozeman that you worked with in 21 bridges uh what did you think about working with him i loved working with him he's a very talented young fella and uh i had a great time with him Really good time. There is more sci-fi talk, so stay tuned. A, a little bit of trivia. He's from Anderson, South Carolina, and uh, a, fr a, a friend of our family used to actually play intramural basketball uh, with him. <laughs> so, oh, really? It's really kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah as, as far as doing narrations, um, I guess based on the project is how you approach it. Uh, and, and or to set the tone or whatever, or is that something that you collaborate with with the director? Any any acting job under any circumstances is always a collaboration between your understanding of the text and the direction, and hopefully, hopefully you jive. And if you if you and if you uh, if, if you if you don't disagree, you have a couple of choices: don't do the job. Or um, 
find that happy medium because I mean, in the best sense, it is collaboration. So come up with, you know, come up with a version that uh, you, you believe is the most right for the project. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to fight with the director. I, I don't always have to agree with them, but I, but I do want to, I do want to uh, at least try what they suggest because I know that just because I didn't think of it doesn't make it a bad idea. Is there anyone that stands out to you that you've worked with that, that directed you in something? I mean, I, you know, certainly I did one movie with Clint Eastwood and I love oh, wow, yeah. He's got such, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he has such respect for actors. Uh, he, uh, he, he would come and make a suggestion to me and, and it was just very subtle. He'd whisper in my ear, sort of, you know, walk by in a very, very soft spoken manner. And I, I mean, I just, it, it was just so respectful. He didn't cut me off at the knees, you know, just, you know, okay, pull it back. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's so hip. In the theater, I worked with another director, George Wolfe, who uh, just instilled such confidence that, um, you know, uh, I was a little bit nervous before the opening. And he and he said to me, he said, relax, you can't make any mistakes. You're the chimney man. And I was like, wow. So, I mean, it, 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 and what it does, it eases that anxiety because we all, you know, you know, right before a show opens, we're all a little anxious. There's always a little bit of angst, but good directors know how to ease you out of that in a nice, comfortable way. Mm -hmm. Well, that's cool. You know, from what I've heard about Mr. Eastwood is that he pretty much, he's kind of known as his nickname is one take Eastwood. Uh, he doesn't, he just goes with the first uh, take that the actors uh, give him. Was that, do you remember that I, being the case? I don't, rem I don't necessarily remember that. Mm -hmm. um, but I do remember told the story he wanted to tell. You know, some, you know sometimes yeah. you want to yeah. do it again. But, you know, I've I worked with many directors. Uh, Spike Lee, you know, if once he gets what he, what he wants, then, he, then it's time to move on. Now, that doesn't mean, I mean that, that, that he won't give you a chance to do it again if you really need to. And that, you know, it might not change his mind. But, you know, I think when you're when you're when you're directing a scene in the movie, the director is looking for something of a piece of the puzzle that fits in a certain way that I might not be privy to. So once he gets that take, maybe he does another for safety. Maybe he does another one because he wants you to do whatever it is that you thought should be different. And sometimes that mm -hmm. winds up being better, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes the, you know, the best performance comes when you're surprised, you know, I mean, you know, we, there, there are a lot of smart actors, the actors who really yeah. think about their performances. Uh, but sometimes, sometimes the willingness to give up whatever you thought was the most right as the mm -hmm. most magic. Yeah. What about playing comical roles, especially like recently on Blackish, uh, you know, kind of playing those kind of roles. That's another great cast too, by the way. Yeah. And, you know, is that something you'd like to do more of? Absolutely. I like to work, man. I mean, it doesn't matter <laughs> what the genre, what the genre is. I mean, you know, if you're good acting is good acting, whether it's in a comedy or, you know, a dramedy or a tragedy, you know, whatever. You know, you have to be true to the moment, whatever the moment is. A lot of times, 
and and comedians and and comedy is harder because you got to take it that much more serious. When I'm you know when Keith is telling a joke, sometimes I think it's so funny I laugh at my own jokes. But you know when you're playing comedy, you don't play for the la- play for the laugh. You play for the reality of it. It's funny because it's so truthful. That's so true. Um, have you ever had a desire to step behind the car- camera and direct? Absolutely. And I'm hoping to do mm. that sooner than later, but it'll come when it comes. Any particular type of story that you are interested in telling? Good stories. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it's got to be something that, that I believe in. So, sure. I mean, that's what I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, in, I'm sort of nego- negotiating a, a project right now. And we're seeing if we can, you know, if if, uh, if all the elements can come into place, I'll be directing. Oh, cool. You know, there's a project, I talked to several actors involved with this, that's it's kind of sitting in post-production limbo, but called the Gettysburg Address. And I feel like we're being cheated because you're, you, you're doing, you're portraying Frederick Douglass and reading his words. So, uh, Man, I, I I'd love to hear that. I, I wish they would kind of uh, get it done because it's uh, it sounds like a really neat project. Well, you know where to find me. <laughs> There's a another film I that good old IMDb list called Follow, where you play Reverend Thomas, but that I don't I don't think it's even I think it's in the script stage from the last uh, it from what it says. Yes, I'm saying if I get if I'm getting my projects right. Um, that's a really interesting, really interesting little, you know, kind of sci-fi. Um, oh, really? Cool. Well, you know, sci- sci-fi, vampiric, you know, kind of thing. I don't even think it's close to the final edit yet, but now that we've had all this downtime, perhaps, uh, perhaps it's more close to being finished than I thought. So you may see it sooner than later. What's it been like for you during this whole, uh, you know, pandemic that we're all experiencing like how have you how has it been for you i have faith in the god of my understanding that we will get through this yeah the the biggest lesson is to learn you know what how to be better human beings how to treat each other better i mean this you know if if nothing else i mean the isolation has, has you know it, it can be a little you know stir crazying but it's really, for me, it's a time to gather with my family. You know, I work a lot and I work a lot out of, out of town. So I've had a chance to really bond with my, with my family. Uh, oh, I still nice. have. And, and, and that's, been, that's been wonderful. And, you know, and it, it has its challenges sometimes. Human nature, nobody likes to be forced to do anything. Uh, right. But the, the biggest lesson for me is a societal collaboration you see there are some places where people are getting so stir crazy they're saying you know to hell with the politicians to hell with the science to hell with whatever you've been telling me on television and uh in the media i'm gonna i want to go outside and we should be allowed to go outside well i think that's stupid uh until they understand the nature of this beast and how it's spread and get a system of testing so we know you know exactly how to how to control it and how to keep it at bay. Well, you're putting yeah. yourself and everybody around you at risk. And mm-hmm. the thing to be taken seriously is this: I mean, whatever it is, whether it's whether it's a man-made thing, you know, to exercise uh, population control, 
or something that's got out of, you know, something that got out of, you know, whatever it is, you need to pay attention. Stay home until we understand exactly what it's about. I've never experienced in my lifetime anything taking this long. But that's the nature of the beast. They had uh, the Spanish flu in 1918 or whatever it was. You had the bubonic yeah. plague. You had, you know, I mean, there are several times when these things have come up in society and come up mm-hmm. in nature. Well, pay attention. I mean, these, you know, oh, yeah. there were times in the Middle Ages, these things wiped out, you know, half of the population of the world. Yeah. Well, that, you know, that could happen. So pay attention. I mean, even, I mean, uh, uh, with an idiot in the White House, uh, you know. I mean, I don't listen to you. Listen, don't listen. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry if I offended you, but you did not you offend know, me. <laughs> trust me. Uh, look, you know, it's it's like you know, you you can't trust anything he says about anything, really. Oh, you have God, to listen no. to you have to listen to the science around him. That's right. Whether he pays attention or not. I mean, this man will have you put uh, um, Lysol in 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 in, in your it, take. He he will advise you to take Lysol intravenously. He's a Stupid. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's, it's stupid the way he handles things and the way he has handled yeah. things. Well, and, you're uh, you're preaching to the choir here. I'll tell you that. Well, so so you have you 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 better you better pay attention to you know some of the other scientists that are trying. Oh, I do. To advise, trying to. I advise do. Because, you know, he have to. Right. You have to really pay attention to them, and and also we're blessed with a fantastic governor who's been amazing. During this whole yeah, thing, well, so, yeah, I mean, um, I like him. He's, he's 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 done well. He, you know, he's. Uh, you really see the measure of a man or a woman during a crisis like this, and he's. Uh, I'll tell you, he's won a ton of respect from a lot of people. So he's mm-hmm. been amazing. So, uh, we're very lucky to have him, and also Governor Newsom out in California too has been amazing too. So um, really got a handle on it, and got to give him a lot yeah. of credit. Yeah. You know, the governors have been fantastic. I mean, there's really with few exceptions, they've really done their jobs well and and taken care of their people based on what resources they have, which isn't isn't much. But uh, it's I've been very proud of them and what they've done. So, yeah. And I love I love that, uh, you know, they have decided that, you know, they will come together and, you know, take their fate into their own hands, you know, I mean, and not not listen to, um, you know, some kind of government, you know, a uh, White House mandate that they have to do something, you know, you know, uh, letting yeah. people, letting people do what they want to because they get, because they get anxious. Anxious people can be also a stupid mob when you, when you, when you let your anxiety, you know, get the best of you. It puts everybody in danger. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. nobody wants to be, nobody wants to be cooped up, but if it's going to save your life, I mean, First of all, you want to open up your you want you you're so bad you want to go back to work and open up your business. Who in the is going to come is going to come to your business? I mean, you know, maybe a few yeah, other exactly. anxious, a, a, a few other anxious dummies. But is that going to is that going to make your nut? Is that is no. that is that going is that going is that is that really going to prosper your business? I don't think so. So no, this I mean, is uh, this is a marathon. You we have to write run, it out. You can't, yeah, you can't you know let anxiety run your life. That's right. It's crazy. I mean, it's all crazy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we are yeah. all in this together. If we remain together, some positive things can come out of this. Out of this. Uh, if we allow if we allow anarchy to uh, prevail, then we're all in trouble. Yeah, Whatever, I hear you, know, you there. You know, 
we are all in this together. So what the, the arrogance and stupidity of some can it will, will affect all of us, and sometimes adversely. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, well, you know, certainly take care of yourself because I consider you a real treasure and such a great actor that we'd love to have stick around for a long while. Well, I really appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Think about doing this job, you get a chance to talk to people whose work you've respected for years. And I certainly put you in that category. I mean, you just, every role that you in, you'd never, maybe the movie might not be that great, but you always get, you always give your best and you do it very well. So Thank it's been you, an absolute man. pleasure to talk to you. You too, man. Okay. Take care okay. and God bless and, uh, and stay safe. Okay. You too, man. And thank you all for listening to Sci-Fi Talk, and you stay safe as well. Take care now. All right. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm David Winning. I'm the director of Blood Ties and Something Beneath and many episodes of Andromeda, and you're listening to Sci-Fi Talk.